What If the Len Bias Story, hosted by Jordan Ritter Khan, is The Ringer's latest narrative podcast. You can find new episodes every Wednesday on the Book of Basketball 2.0 feed. Here's a quick trailer. You've heard his name, Len Bias, 1980s phenom, second pick in the NBA draft. And then, cocaine, tragedy, one of the most shocking deaths in sports history. 35 years later, Bias's legacy is still making an impact. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is What If, the Lynn Bias story. I'm Jordan Ritter Khan. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Quirlbeck. Today, we are doing our tarp. Tarp? Oh, my God. Wow, we are still (laughs) rusty. Tarp, we're still rusty. We've been back for like three days. I don't know. We are doing our top targets for 2021. Uh, The guys we just love this year, the guys we're just really into. Uh, And we, yeah, they're going to be very good at football in the year 2021. (laughs) We're getting right into it. DK. Give us your Yo. top target for Wait, I have a question oh, wow. for you guys. I have a question oh, first. Oh, a question? Is it about TARP, like the funding? <laughs> it is not. It's about top targets. Oh, okay. Do you guys kind of like, so it's June. It's a little early still. When you're going through this, do most of your top targets are the guys you end up kind of liking this season? Does it come, is it emotional or is it statistical? Like how, how does it, how does it begin for the both of you? It's gut. It's I think gut? it's more emotional. It's more mm. emotional. It's like... I think once you get closer to the season, you start to figure out like, oh, this is how the depth chart's going to be. This is how good this quarterback's looking. This is how the offense is looking. All that stuff like comes into play. But right now you're just like, this guy's sexy for this year. Like he's going to just go <laughs> off. You know what I mean? He's really good or whatever. So I think that's kind of like how I am. Heifetz, what about you? It's actually a really interesting question. I actually think there's a chicken and egg thing because sometimes you just have a gut feel about a player And then you read stats about them and you mentally kind of like, you know, you diminish what you don't like and you like focus on the things you like. It confirms your priors. Mm -hmm. But and that's I mean, that's not news, right? That's like how the brain works. But sometimes you read a stat about a player and then that turns into a gut feeling. Yes. You know what I mean? Sometimes the stats actually become (laughs) emotional. 
which right. is like sneaky things. So I, I, I think at this time of the year, the really annoying thing is when you're in on a player, but then like, but like two months from now, everyone's in on the player and it's like the band that got too mainstream and you're yes. like, I mean, they're not even good now. I don't even like them at their value. This totally happens. Yes, this absolutely will happen with a lot of <laughs> Like this guys. list might be different depending on who gets mainstream appeal and who just doesn't like two months from sick now. Sick of it. I'll be like, I'm sick of this guy. In August. Yeah, I bet we'll definitely redo this episode. Like, we should just do this again in August and see how things change and see yeah. what, we our, have you know, to, what it looks like. Because it's about yeah. value. All right, we'll, we'll do it. It'll be like the main, what, which bands are mainstream now. That's basically uh, <laughs> the conversation. All right. So, with that said, DK, who, as of June, who's your top target for Who's your Greta Van Fleet? The guy I'm very excited about this year <laughs> is Darren Waller of the Raiders, tight end who is actually really just sort of their number one wide receiver. And part of the reason I'm, I really like this guy is um, exactly what I just said. He's probably, there's so much uncertainty with the receiver core. Henry Ruggs, you know, maybe Brian Edwards, maybe John Brown. Um, I just feel like he's going to get tons and tons of volume again this year. We've actually got him in our initial top 150. We've got him over Kittle as the tight end to just below Kelsey. And I wouldn't say this is a hot take to have that. But it's certainly not consensus, and I think it's it, by the time we get around to the season, I'm guessing it's going to be closer to consensus because, I mean, honestly, the only thing that's keeping Waller from being the tight end too, like, in all, like, for everyone and everyone's minds is the fact that he's just not as big of a star as, as George Kittle. And so, first of all, before we get into why I like him, what do you guys think of the idea that we have him over Kittle? He's got less variables, right? I feel like he's the safer pick. I mean, Kittle can't stay healthy, and who knows what's going on with their quarterback situation. There's a lot more mouths to feed in San Francisco. And also, to your point, DK, Kittle's online more. People just know him more. He's more of a personality. <laughs> he's like, yeah. mo he's more, you know, he probably is a TikTok. Darren Waller's not doing any of that. I don't think Darren <laughs> Waller goes some part of my take. <laughs> No, to your point, I actually think you're right to have Waller ahead of Kittle for the simple reason that, look, sometimes injuries are, like, not predictable. And then sometimes, I love George Kittle, but, like, sometimes you're George Kittle and your entire, like, ethos as a person is ramming dudes, like, down their throat and just breaking every tackle. You know the outfielders who just sprint into the wall, they don't give a shit? Yes, like, they're just, I'm going to catch the fly ball, I'm going to try every time. <laughs> and you're like, wow, Kittle. I can't believe he separated his shoulder again. So like, he's Ken Whoa. Griffey like, Jr.? Okay. It's just Kittle's playing style is not conducive to someone who's going to make it through 16 games, like, ever. And I know a lot of guys don't play 16 games, but that's not Waller. Waller's, Waller's in the Kelsey mold of he's a massive receiver that is just yeah. the number one guy in on his team. Whereas Kittle is like this insane like combo of a top five re receiver as a tight end, but also a top one blocker. But that's he's just not. I am very concerned about drafting Kittle in the first three rounds, and because if he plays eight games, it's, I can't pretend to be surprised about it. Yeah, so I think that all those basically, I think we're all in agreement. It, it makes sense to put Waller over Kittle, but based on their usage, based on target share, based on offense. Um, based on quarterback, all that stuff. We also have him over guys right now like Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas. We have him over running backs like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift. I think all of these make sense. I don't know if we purposely went out to like put him ahead of these guys and just kind of how it all fell together, but um, there's just less baked-in uncertainty with with Waller than these other guys. He's, he's going into um, 2021 as the number one guy in this offense. He's going to get passes funneled to him. Last year, he he led all tight ends in red zone targets, so he's a, he's a big red zone slash end zone um, target for Derek Carr. He was 
Uh, second in snap rate, he was he played 91% of snaps. He's always on the field and he's almost always running routes. He's not a tight he's not a blocking tight end. He's not a tighting blocking end. <laughs> uh, he's not he's not a, he's not a tog tarpet. In addition to that, he led all tight ends in targets, catches, 107 catches. He led all tight ends in target share. Uh, his 1,196 yards, second only to Kelsey. His nine touchdowns, third only to Kelsey and Robert Tanyan, which is hilarious. There's like, you could, I think the, it's closer like to debate whether Waller should be the tight end one versus the tight end two. I don't, I'm not going to make that argument, but I'm just saying like, that's how good he is. And that's how close he is to being like the overall tight end in, in, in fantasy this year. But the fact you said that is why he's a top 25 player. And that's yeah. why he's ahead of Kittle. Yeah. I think that's a great one. While we're at tight end, like the other, who you always try want to try to find like, who's the next guy, right? Like you've got. Kelsey and Kittle at the top and Waller's this top trio. And especially if Kittle were to fall out of that at some point, it's like, who's the next guy in there? My top target, I think, this year was TJ Hawkinson, the tight end for the Lions, because mm. everything is lining up for him to join that tier, which, you know, at its core, is they're the number one receiver on their team. Like, you can throw the tight end designation out. Like, they're the actual top target. Like, my top target for fantasy, but he's also the team's top target. Can I read you guys the Lions depth chart at receiver this year? <laughs> Please do. Remind who me, they have. I can't remember. Yeah. Tyrell Williams. Stud. Brashad Perriman. Beast. Quintez Cephas. Sleeper. Amon Ross St. Brown, which is probably the best name in the NFL. Rookie. Geronimo Allison. And Victor Bolden Jr. Oh, they got Vic? Didn't realize that. <laughs> By the way, hilariously, apparently Victor Bolden Jr. is tearing it up at OTAs. Keep, stop, keep your stop. Keep that no, name in like, your head. Listen, every season DK does this. What does that mean? DK does this every year. He's always like, hey, this RB5 on the roster looks pretty good, Here, apparently. Here's why I brought it up, because I actually have literally never heard of this guy before. <laughs> okay, so that's the thing. I don't know who he is. Who's that uh, famous author? Is it... Um, oh, no. The, she writes Susan something. Susan... Oh, it's not Susan Sarandon. That's an actor. Susan, I'll think of it. But she I wrote this know. book about photography and like imagery. And one of the things is what's out of frame. When you hear Victor Bolden Jr. is tearing it up, that means the other five guys are not beating out Victor Bolden Jr. <laughs> like that is what that means. Right. All that's to say, this is the worst receiving group in a few years. Like this is on the level of last year's Patriots. It's on the level of the 2017 Jets when everyone's like, wow, look at that receiving group. They must be tanking for the first pick. That is how bad this group is. Which is to say, TJ Hawkinson will lead this team almost definitely in targets, receiving yards, touchdowns, everything. He is the offense. And mm. it's not like this defense is going probably to be extraordinary. So I think they'll be passing. This is the recipe you need for a tight end to be elite and be that positional advantage you're jealous of every year if you don't have Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think his ceiling, I mean, he definitely doesn't have the ceiling of like those big three guys, but I think he has, he's the most likely tight end to finish like fifth, fourth. Like he almost seems like a lock for that just because of the amount of volume he'll see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So he saw, TJ Hawkinson saw 101 targets last year. He was on the field 73% of the time. I bet you that shoots up this year to like 90. Yeah, because well, they lost Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. and yeah. Danny Amendola. The only thing I worry about, though, I, I'm I'm all in on this. By the way, I agree, and I think the tight end position is like beggars can't be choosers. Like, there's just so few guys that could have 
um, you know, big numbers this year. The only thing I worry about a little bit is he's such a good blocker. That's part of the reason they draft him. He's like in the same, he's in the same mold as Kittle, where he's an elite yes. blocker, or at least a very good blocker. He's a real tight end, not a receiver with tight end next to his name. Exactly. And I could see this team doing that annoying thing where let's run the ball. Let's like keep our tight ends in. To yeah. Block. Remember, let's we got Jared Goff more time. knee biter Dan Campbell at the helm and yeah. Anthony Lynn is the OC there. And Jared Goff is not good under pressure. So maybe they do keep him in the block. A so, bit. yeah, that's my worry. My only concern with, with Hawkinson is it's so obvious that he becomes the mainstream band. Like, I think that he will just shoot the mainstream and it'll be really annoying. And I'm like, I, you know, I was I was here first. I don't want to pay a you know third round for him. Is he is he going to be this year's Hayden Hurst where we're super excited about him and then he doesn't do jack shit? Don't you <laughs> say that not. name in this house. I hope not. He's way more talented. <laughs> Hayden Hurst is never invited back into this house. How dare you <laughs> invoke him? Okay, Craig, who are you? Who's your top target for this year? I'm running it back. It's Robert Woods. Bobby yeah. Trees. Bobby Trees. Bobby, it's so nice to have him back. Listen, last year, we had him in our rankings, the ringer rankings as the wide receiver 17. Now we have him as the wide receiver 18, and he got Matt Stafford. (laughs) What is wrong with us? He was the wide receiver 13 last year. He was. He was 19 in points per game, but 13 overall. Mr. Forrest? Uh, we, listen, we downgraded Robbie Forrest. He's got the best quarterback of his career now, and we somehow dropped yeah. him down a spot. He's the I think he's the most dynamic <laughs> playmaker on the team. I don't want to discriminate, though. To be honest, I like everybody on the Rams this year. This is yes. not because of flying coach, but I like it's not because you just like hang with Sean McVay now. That's that no, has nothing not. to do with you being on on the. I'm sure it's a total you guys coincidence. Are buds. Listen, <laughs> I like Woods a lot. I like Cup a lot, and I and I like Higby. Gerald Everett's gone. He's in Seattle. I think Higby mm-hmm. could be like a really great sleeper tight end. And the Rams are going to throw fifty times a game. Uh, the only problem with this prediction, did Sean I think, tell you that? Listen, read the tea leaves. You got Matt Stafford. What are we thinking here? He's the opposite of Jared Goff. I kind of disagree with that exact point. I don't think. I think they want to be balanced. I think McVay wants to be balanced. At his heart, he's like a run heavy guy. My only worry with this is that I think the Rams hype is going to come. I think it's going to hit hard in August. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think any of these guys are going to be values. I think, like, the Stafford conversation and the, like, Rams were so bad in 2020, but if you look at 2017, 2018, they were, like, the first and second best offense in the league. Like, this could happen again. Like, I kind of think that's all going to recirculate, so none of these guys will particularly be values. But my recommendation would just be to take the cheapest— guy of these three relative to, you know, their positional rankings when your draft comes. Just take the cheapest of Cook, Higby, and Cup. I mean, sorry, not Cooks. Uh, Cup, Woods, and Higby. Yeah. And speaking of that, I think Cooper Cup, I, I love Robert Woods, but I think Cooper Cup is actually maybe a better value. Um, I'll give you three words. Positive touchdown regression. So in 2019, Cooper Cup scored 10 touchdowns. He was a red zone beast. He actually finished third in the NFL and red zone fantasy points. So 69, he scored 69 points in the red zone. Uh, last year, I think he scored four touchdowns overall. You guys might want to check my math. I just dot jotted these down. <laughs> However, he was 53rd in the NFL in red zone points, 25.9. So he got fate, like for whatever reason, I don't know why he just wasn't involved in the red zone last year. I think that there's going to be regression. Wait, sorry, he's things what are just going to even out. He's 53rd in the red zone and what outside of the red zone? In red zone points. So fantasy points in the red zone. Points that came from playing inside the 20. In 2010, in 2019, he was fourth. In 2020, he was 53rd among receivers. So basically, for whatever reason, probably no reason, he just kind of like just didn't get as many looks in the red zone. I think that's going to change this year again. 
I'll tell you the reason. Fantasy is so funny, man. The, the reason why he didn't score a lot of touchdowns is because he regressed back to the mean. The whole, <laughs> I, my point last year was that he was scoring too many touchdowns and was on an uh, you know like an unsustainable pace, and that's why I pitched Robert Woods. I was like, Woods yep. had more targets, Woods has more yards, he plays more snaps, snaps, but he has just less touchdowns than Cup. Oh no! Didn't Woods have like two touchdowns in 2019? Yeah, and last year uh, Woods had yeah, six receiving like touchdowns, and Cups ha uh, Cup had three. So. So don't you think it's going to regress back to sort of like right in the middle? I feel like where's went, the equilibrium? It like went <laughs> right. way, it went way one way. Is this like a roller coaster where they're just like they're just going up and down forever? Or is it like a healthy middle? I think DK's arguing that it will middle, but it, it's funny how last year I was like Cup scores too many, so it'll be Woods, and now we're like Cup doesn't score enough. So just take whichever one falls further in the draft because we have no idea who's getting the ball. He had three touchdowns, not four. So, yeah, yeah like, I, I'm expecting, like, six, seven, something right in the middle there. Just, like, a good, solid. Plus, you're getting a nice upgrade on offense. I think, overall, the Rams are going to score a lot more points than they did last year. Jared yeah. Goff so, to, to Matt Stafford is, like, this massive upgrade. Um, there are more mouths to feed in this offense now. Cam Akers, like, coming on. Uh, they drafted a couple guys, like, Tutu Atwell, um, uh, Jefferson, yeah, Jefferson. Jefferson last More mouths is fine. Jackson. Matthew Stafford brings more food. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, anyways, I think that Cup is sort of like the forgotten man in the discussion. Or he's not like, you know, it's not like no one's no, talking about stop, him, but like he, he's definitely fallen off from where we were two years ago. Stop it. Robert Woods is the most forgotten player I in agree. the NFL. People and I like can prove Cup. that because Robert Woods, <laughs> Robert Woods just has a lost, higher ADP right no, now. Absolutely not. You're saying Robert Woods just lost the conversation to be the forgotten man on the Rams. That's how forgotten Robert Woods is. Okay. So, but to be abundantly clear right now. However, people are taking Woods ahead of Cup. <laughs> so that's my question. Would you, yeah. who, you're taking Cup ahead of Woods or do you just want the Rams receiver that falls? As a no, I'll just put them right next to each other. They should just be right next to each other. Okay. What do you think, Craig? I think you take the one that falls. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, that works. All right. My, so another top target for me, I didn't really expect this, but. Jets. I, Elijah Moore for the Jets. <laughs> Nothing about this makes sense. I think he's going to be another like indie band that goes mainstream. He is like the Jets' best player on offense already. This has like already happened. Basically, he is dominating OTAs. I know you always need to take that. He's already he's already a, like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but the beat writers are just like he is dominating all these reps. Robert Sala loves him. Robert Sala, like the head coach of the Jets, cannot say enough about Elijah Moore. The Jets' defense is bad, so like. They're going to be throwing a lot this year. So like this actually, even if you don't think the Jets are a good team, there will be a lot of passing. But here's the thing. Who's going to get the targets? Corey Davis, who they signed in the offseason, is already hurt. Denzel Mims is a bust. Like, he's no. not even getting. He's, sorry, how is Craig. he a bust? He he's not even bust. getting. Denzel Mims is not even getting first team reps for this Jets team. Yet. He's oh, not getting no. first team reps. Oh, no. It's Chris June. Hern that matters. He's not getting rotated into the first team. That matters. It's June. Chris Herndon. Sucks and is already dropping passes again. If Chris Herndon didn't buy a jugs machine over the last four months, then get it's never happening for him. I think we can so establish like, Herndon sucks, yes. I think Elijah Moore <laughs> is going to lead this team in like every meaningful receiving category. He's going to be their top wide receiver. He's currently going out like ranked outside like the top 200. Like what he's he's the clearest value I see in the entire board. Really though? I think, like, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a, a rookie wide receiver, and before last year, it's, rookie wide receivers weren't exactly like tearing the cover off the balls. And we have Zach Wilson. <laughs> like, 
I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, Corey Davis is like a guy who's been in the league, who's the fourth overall pick. I think Mims had like a, actually a pretty solid rookie year. I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm like, man, Elijah Moore is just going to be unbelievable. It's a lot but of it's the value, though. The it's, you're not paying a top 50 pick for him. Like, you yeah. might be able to get him like out in the 14th round. Yeah, it depends how you it depends how you frame the siphons. I absolutely agree with you that he's a great value right now. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see what he does because and and I think originally the thought was he and Jameson Crowder were redundant, and so Crowder was the odd man out. Um, and then Crowder got re-signed or like not re-signed. Sorry, they they renegotiated his contract. He took so a he pay cut stay. to not get released. However, I was kind of coming into this whole thing thinking that that Crowder was out of the picture. He's back in the picture. However, basically what we're seeing and what we're hearing out of Jets camp is that Moore, the rookie, is playing the Z spot or will be playing the Z spot, which means he's going to be moving. He can play outside. He'll be moving around. Um, you know, and, and they've got Jamison Crowder, in theory, back into his familiar you know, security blanket over the middle of the field role that he played last year and all that stuff. So it actually works out really well. And then they got Corey Davis as the X. I think Mims is the odd man out right now. We'll see. I yes. don't think he's a bust. I'm not going to say he's a bust because I think he did flash as a rookie. Maybe he's just not a great fit for this offense or what they want to do. And maybe that's they'll a trade more fair. Or, that's a more fair way to put it. I don't like the term bust. You're right about he that. He is looking to me like the odd man out, which is a bummer because I love Mims. Um, but I, I like, I think more has the talent to be like a star in the NFL. I mean, he was essentially a first-round pick. He was like the second pick of the second round or something like that. Um, you know, he, ha he had the most scrimmage yards uh, per game of any Power 5 player like ever last year. He had the, he led the NFL. He led the NFL, or sorry, he led the college, he led college football in catches and yards per game last year. He only played like seven Is or eight games. Is that good? Yeah, He's a freaking stud. He's awesome. The, the main thing that you're worried about is that he's small. He's like 5'9", 180, 185 pounds or whatever. But he plays big. He is super competitive. He's super versatile. He has like stick him for hands. I just really like him. I think he's awesome. It, he, like he is by far the star of OTAs. It really reminds me a lot. This is like, I know this is a Homer thing, but it, re it reminds me a lot of when I was going to Seahawks camp when Doug Baldwin was a rookie. And everyone was like, holy shit, this guy's legit. He came out of nowhere. Baldwin was undrafted. Elijah Moore is like a first-round pick, essentially, early second-round pick. Mm -hmm. So I think he has a solid chance of like being a very good rookie. I think he's a good, I think he's a very good value. I'm not gonna go out quite on a limb and say, like, you know, wide receiver two or better. Um but yeah, he's going as the wide receiver 73 right now. I mean, that's yeah, he, it's borderline undrafted. He'll give you some good free. weeks. He'll give you some good weeks. He's definitely a value right now. All right, Craig, who's another top target for you? Okay, this is, I mean, kind of the opposite of Elijah Moore. Uh, I want to talk about Stefan Diggs on the Bills. You guys heard of him? <laughs> Sleeper. Who's a fifth-round pick? Is he even good? Listen, this is top target, so I, this doesn't necessarily mean go. these have to all be sleepers. This is just a guy, I'm going to have Stefan Diggs on my team this year. I will pay whatever the price is. <laughs> yeah. I have a man crush on, on him. You know how there's guys who just, rip your heart out like they're on the other team in fantasy and you have an important playoff yeah. game and you're like, all right, I'm yes. down 34. I'm not going to lose. That happened to me twice last year and Diggs ripped my heart out twice. <laughs> That's awesome. I had a playoff game. I was down like 68 going up or I was up 68 going up against like Josh Allen and Diggs. And I was like, I'm fine. Of course, they both drop like 35 each and I fucking lose. Jeez. So I was like, I'm never not having Diggs. Watching him, I was like, he can't not get open. And there's nobody else in the damn team. <laughs> There's not a lot of alpha, true alpha dogs where it's like they're the only guy on their team. You, you talk about like maybe it's, you have Devontae Adams, Diggs, 
Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe, I guess, Brandon Cooks on Houston. But every time I watch the Bills, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm like praying. Maybe they'll just throw it to Gabe Davis in the red zone here. <laughs> oh, maybe John Brown will get a, it's. It was always Give Diggs. it to Gabe, Dave. Diggs was just chunking off 12-yard catches on third down every single fucking play uh, mm. down the field in like every fourth quarter. He was the most clutch player. Looking at his last two years, his last year in Minnesota and his first year in, in Buffalo, he had 63 catches in 2019 and 127 in 2020, and he was healthy both years. Do you think a player has ever more than doubled their catches after the fifth year of their career ever? That's a really good question. <laughs> Maybe like Brand Brandon Lloyd well, or something. Because he went weird. into leading yeah. the league. He literally yeah, he led, led the, the league, league in, in yards, and targets, yards. and catches. Jesus. He was it's unbelievable. he was fourth in target rate on the like pass heaviest team in the NFL. <laughs> and look, so. I mean, you could make the argument that the offense is still ascending. I mean, that was his first year with Josh Allen in a COVID year. And like the mm. Bills ha had one of the highest pass rates over expectation in the entire league. Like is and he only had eight touchdowns on 127 catches. Like they lost John Brown. I know they added Emmanuel Sanders, whatever, but like, is there a chance that like Diggs didn't have his best year last year? Well, that's the thing. The inevitable follow-up is like, can he get better or can he, or is that like the outlier thing? But the reality is they listen to our guy Warren Sharp, who like always says about throwing it on first down, and the Bills led the league and throwing it on first down. Like it's not like an accident. It's not like they got lucky. They just like, huh, when's the best time to throw it? And they just did that a lot. And like, yeah, he had eight touchdowns on, on a lead leading league leading 166 targets or whatever it was. Like, I think he could have fucking 12 or 14 this year. It's Diggs' season is like the equivalent of an NBA team that was ahead of the curve and like shoot like corner threes. That's like almost the best thing of like what are first down passes. That's I don't know if that's a perfect analogy, but yeah, that's basically what he did. Just absolute sharpshooter. The nice part about this too that makes me like this a lot is that uh offensive coordinator Brian Dayball even came out and said it the other day. Like, it's not like they want to run more. He, he was like, we don't necessarily no. want to run more next year. We just want our run team, our run game to actually work. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, we actually just, we just want it to be more efficient. And so I, it doesn't seem to be any plan to like pull back on the reins and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We were too successful passing the ball. Like uh, one team that I won't mention um, likes to do. Is it the one in the place where it rains? <sighs> Anyways, they're embracing it, and that's yeah. awesome. That's great for fantasy, obviously. And and hopefully, I, I think Josh Allen is is bound to regress like in his efficiency a little bit next year. But I don't know, man. I think Diggs could still get like insane volume. Yeah, I mean, I think this team is ascending. I think that's a big part of fantasy. Is I want players on teams that are are ascending that are still on the way up. Okay, so here's the real question though: Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs? <sighs> uh, listen, I think Diggs. Take a pick. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, I would take Diggs because he has less target competition. Tyreek had 15 touchdowns last year. If you want to talk regression. Devontae Adams. Rodgers shows up to training camp. Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs? I think it's Adams. I think so, too. I think Adams yeah. with Rodgers is number one. Yeah. But if uh, Rodgers yeah. is not there, if, if, he's, if it's ambiguous, it's probably Diggs. So our rankings right now, our top 50, our top 150 has Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. That's our top three. I don't know why with Tyreek. I even went back and looked. Like he hasn't missed that many games to injury, but I'm like, I still consider he him like riskier than up. every other player. Yeah. You know what it I mean? feels like he comes out sometimes. Yeah. For stretches. His, his hamstrings like are always up. hurt. Right. <laughs> and he's also he's he takes less contact than any receiver I've ever watched. Yeah. There's nobody I've ever watched that goes out of bounds to like who doesn't and I mean it's smart. Like like, you know, he's yeah. he's speed. It's a race car. You don't you can't mess with any of the parts.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. DK, who's your next top target? So, Heifetz, you you like Elijah Moore. I think that makes a lot of sense. My guy is definitely not as much of a value, um, and that's Jamar Chase from the Bengals, who is a rookie, mm. like very highly drafted rookie, fifth overall. Um, you know, he, he skipped 2020 season, but had one of the most ridiculous 2019 seasons of all time. Like, one of the most ridiculous college receiving seasons of all time on the same team as Justin Jefferson. So um, I'm very, very excited about Jamar Chase coming into the Bengals offense, which to me is like the perfect storm for fantasy production. I know that there's a couple other guys and, and Craig, you're going to get to these guys, but wait, sorry, DK, you glossed over the LSU thing before we get to the Bengals. Can you describe him outdoing Justin Jefferson on the greatest college offense ever? He led, so he won the Belitnikoff that year. I don't have his stats pulled up in front of me, but he led, I believe he led the country in yards and touchdowns that year. He didn't, he actually didn't lead, I don't think he beat Justin Jefferson in catches, total catches, but yards and touchdowns. Um, he just went absolutely But he off. outproduced Justin Jefferson, and then Justin Jefferson had the most receiving yards in a season since Randy He had Randy the greatest Moss. rookie season, like, yeah. Or, or like more than Randy Moss. Yeah, he broke. Of a generation. Okay, just to be clear, put that And now class. he gets the same so, quarterback. <laughs> he gets the same quarterback. He lands on a team with his college quarterback that fed him, like, passes downfield, like, absolutely trusts him. Like, there's chemistry there. Uh, apparently, Burrow was, like, lobbying to get this guy. Like, it's going to be awesome. I think that he can really hit the ground running. He's that good of a prospect. He's that good of a player. Um, he's essentially, and this is, like, it's so hard to think of comps for guys because, you know, there's so many different variables, but like he kind of does, he reminds me of Devontae Adams in some ways, but he's also like, the, I think the better comp that I've been hearing lately is like Anquan Bolden, except for he's fast. He's just, he plays really big. He's like a big physical ball winner. Um, so I'm very excited to see him play, but I think there's also a lot of variables that go into this and why I think he's going to be a value, even where he's being drafted. So the consensus rankings have him at 70. We have him at 53, so we're pretty high on him, like above consensus. Um, but I think, again, like there's variables. The Bengals, bad defense, high-octane offense. They're going to have to score points to win. Uh, I saw this from Pat Thorman at Establish the Run. Before Burrow got hurt last year, Cincinnati was first in plays per game, first in pass rate, and eighth in situation-neutral pace. So they are playing fast, passing a lot. And they were and they were racking up tons and tons of plays, which is obviously good for fantasy because they're playing behind a lot. Blah blah blah. Um, so it all matches up, and I think actually that his uh, Zach Taylor, the coach who was on Flying Coach, by the way, um, last week was episode four. Yep, shout out Flying Coach. Go follow it. So go listen Spotify. to that. Um, Just a casual podcast with Sean McVay. He tells stories every week. <laughs> he talks Craig's about bud. Craig's his brother. Yeah. Um, 
he so he went fast the year before too so it wasn't like an aberration it wasn't necessarily just like situation based it was he he wants to go fast i think um so yeah i think this is all very very good i think chase is a good player aj green and his worthless 104 targets are gone i think you can give chase (laughs) a floor of 100 plus targets and he has a much higher ceiling than that i'm a burrow believer uh generally i mean i think you know it's gonna maybe take a, a month or two to get like fully back from that acl injury but um I don't know. I'm just like excited about this offense and I think it's perfect fantasy. DK, I somehow think you're underselling this. Is Jamar Chase the best receiver you've ever scouted? I would say, yeah, he's the he's like the best <laughs> receiving prospect in years. So yes. Yeah, Zach Taylor said when when they were on flying coach, you know, uh, Schrager was like, how involved was Burrow in drafting him? And he was like, well, you know, he's like, he wasn't like, the sole reason he's like, but you know, we, we asked him who wanted to take a temperature on it. We were like out of 10, you know, how, how good do you think Chase is? He's like 10. And he was like, great. On an excitement <laughs> scale, he's like, how excited would you be if we drafted him? And Burrow was like 10. And they're like, okay, great. Like, okay, that's <laughs> duly noted, duly noted. <laughs> so he didn't, he, he, he sounded pretty wishy-washy. He was on the fence. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I so, but here's the question for you: Is the rest of the Bengals though? So, like, that's a talented receiving core because they just took T. Higgins with like the the first or first pick of the second round last year. They have Tyler Boyd there, who I think led the team in stuff uh, in receiving categories last year. Like, what do you what do you make of the rest of the group, Craig? The Zach Taylor whisperer. My top targets: I, I have Higgins and Boyd because so I'm basically zagging because what I think is going to happen is I mm. think Chase by come August will be the top Bengals receiver taken, probably rightly so. I don't know. Um, but I think he will be like the sexy option in Cincy. But I really think that the 2021 Bengals have 2020 Cowboys potential pre-Dax injury. Um wow. where, where everybody can have food on the table to to eat. Cowboys you know, North. Yeah, I think Chase Higgins and Boyd could be Cooper Lamb and, and Gallup. And you know, when you look at the projections about these guys, projections never factor in like ceiling. It's it's an average, right? It's it's a it's right. a median essentially of like what all these possibilities. But like, like like DK said, with Chase has an 100 target floor. All three guys last year: Boyd, AJ Green, T Higgins, all at 100 targets. So all of these guys' floor is 100 targets already, and they're going to be wow. startable players, right? You, yeah. These are all guys that that are going to be like wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes on your team if they're all healthy. If one of them were to go down with an injury. Their Ooh. ceiling would shoot through the roof, and their projection, their you know, their stat projection would w- would be off the charts, and and that is like upside that you can have on your team, and that's unlike guys who are going to be ranked near Jamar Chase, maybe a little bit higher, but somebody like take Allen Robinson, his projection is probably his max. I mean, there are not a lot of scenarios in which he can exceed that greatly. There's no injury that could take place. Like everything kind of needs to work for Allen Robinson to kind of meet the stats that are projected for him currently. Higgins, Boyd, and and Chase, like that's just not the case. Like at the minimum, they're probably going to meet their projections. And at the maximum, who knows? They could be a top 10 player. So I I think it's kind of like a, 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 whatever the the positive double-edged sword is. Like you're, you're good if you do it and you're good if you don't. Like, uh, and, and like DK said with the, with the Bengals offense, like they're going to be up tempo. They rank first in place plays per game with Burrow, um, and they have a shitty defense like Dallas. So if everything works out, I think every receiver on the Bengals could be good. That was I'm I'm sold. All right, we're in on the Bengals I, this year. <laughs> my only response to this, my my only response to this is I'm realizing I think I'm too low on Tyler Boyd. I'm gonna have to move him up next time in my ranks. So which means he'll be moving up because you guys were both higher than him. Uh, on him than I was, and 
now I'm convinced. So it's it's not, it's because there's there's like slot prejudice. Like people are just like yes. When, when there's yes. like two sexy outside guys, like the slot guy's always the one rated the lowest. Slot prejudice. That's a trademark in that term. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if it's just well, we're talking like, about like the upside yeah. of like factoring an upside. I can I give you guys someone that I'm like half planting my flag on. Like I don't like I'm on the fence. It's June. I don't feel bad about this. Like I don't know what to think. You're of holding dude. the flag and you're ready to throw it. Like throw the flag it is there, and it's like, do I just you know pop it in? Do I like? All right, let's talk it out. It's Cortland Sutton, mm. receiver for the Broncos. Like it. I feel to Craig's point, the upside's not really being considered here. Like Cortland's the the good. Let's go back a year. Like I feel like the Joker. Like wind the clocks back a year. Like. He was the guy in 2020. He was like the most trendy sleeper. He was ranked like what, like one of the 15 top receivers, basically alongside or ahead of AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley by a lot of really smart people. Basically a top 30-ish, top 35 player. He tears his ACL really early in the season. Obviously doesn't do anything. Coming into this year, like he's on track to play. It's That's not really a concern. It's not like Saquon, who's still a top 10 pick, even though he's not really super on track. He has a better quarterback this year. Teddy Bridgewater is better than Drew Locke. Like, full stop. Teddy Bridgewater supported three top 25 receivers last year. So the thought that, like, Jerry Judy might take away from Sutton. Sutton is the, still the best receiver on this team. I believe he's kind of like, like alpha of the offense. He's kind of the guy on the team. Cortland Sutton's now, like, fringe top 60 guy. And I'm like, what am I missing? Like, it just seems like... If you were to put a gun to my head and be like, one of these guys going in the 60s right now is going to be a top 10 receiver next year. Like, it's Cortland Sutton to me. Having said that, like, and what am I missing here? Is it the ACL? Is it that Jerry Judy's good? Is it like the defense is good? So like they'll pass less? Like DK, what am I missing here? Yeah, all that. I think that's like, those are the main concerns is that, um, you know, we haven't seen him for a year. He was awesome in 2019. He was really, really good. He was like an ascending superstar. Uh, one of I, I think I, I'm I'm like going back my memory to the discussions around Cortland Sutton during the season and then during obviously the preseason for last year and generally speaking it felt like he was like on the on the ascendancy to being like a superstar. Um, so I think you're not wrong in like being like, hey, by the way, remember this guy? We gotta we gotta get more excited about this guy because af- after what he did in 2019, you know, he went over a thousand yards. He was just dominant on the outside, big bodied guy. Um, there's a lot to like there, but yeah, like the main things are Jerry Judy, very highly drafted player, uh, target hog last year for the team. Um, so those are two big things. Like basically, like is he going to be the number one, or is he going to be sort of like just a guy that's running a lot of routes on the outside and they pepper Judy on the inside or whatever? Um, and then number two, obviously, is the quarterback situation is just uncertain. I, you know, you were saying that Bridgewater is a big upgrade over Locke, and I'm not really that sure about that. Like, I think they both stink, probably. Um, so I, oh, I don't know. There's re- what? There's relativity to stink. Drew Locke was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Dude, Bridgewater, year. Bridgewater is not good. Bridgewater's not. I'm a good not saying he's good, but like you, but like below average is a lot. Is a huge improvement for the Broncos. The ceiling is far higher with Locke. The floor is higher with Bridgewater. Not neither of them are good, in my opinion. Well, let's not forget Cortland Sutton had 1,100 yards his rookie year with Joe Flacco playing. Most <laughs> Joe of the Flacco, season. that's a bingo. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that those are the big <laughs> questions. But like, big picture, I don't disagree with you. I love Cortland Sutton this year. I think it's exciting. I can't wait to see how he, how he does. It feels like he hasn't played football in four years. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's forgotten. Short he's memories. a forgotten guy. Yeah, yeah. 
he's the post hype sleeper, but it's not even like a sleeper. Like he's a he's like a, like a higher category of it almost. Yeah, yeah I, honestly, I, I, this is I think a great pick by you. I he like should be a, a good value. He should be a very good. value. So I stick the flag in. I got to. All right, I plant. All right, I plant the flag in Cortland. Uh, also, just uh, amazing name, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, just like wow. Okay, <laughs> TK, you got another top target for us? Another good name. Top target is maybe not the right term for this. I just think he's a good value and people are forgetting how good he is. And that's Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks. I feel like the way he fell off last year, the way that uh, he's probably in our burn, burn book. I can't even remember. Um, I'm taking him out. Re, like the slate is clean with, with Tyler Lockett. I think because um, number one, people are forgetting how consistent he's been over the years. Um, he's a very good player. Has this mind meld connection with Russell Wilson. who was an elite quarterback. Uh, I don't think the Seahawks offense is going to be as bad as it was down the stretch last year. I think that like really has colored a lot of people's perceptions about like what to expect this season. I think you go into the season with a new offensive coordinator. Everything we're hearing about him is exciting. Like the way he's, um, you know, expanding their short in an intermediate area passing game. Um, it's much more like, I don't, I don't know what the word they use, but like, it's just like a more multiple offense than we've seen last year. Yeah. Another um, disciple of the McVeigh coaching tree, Shane Walton. Yeah. Exactly. And so I don't know. I'm just like, I'm more bullish on the CX offense than I think everybody else is because everyone was so, everyone gets really caught up. And and I mean, I guess like I understand it and how bad the CX offense was last year. But number one, they were facing a, a lot of really good defenses down the stretch. I think it was like four top 10 defenses in their final six games. Uh, Tyler Lockett was hurt, which I think a lot of people didn't really realize because he played through a knee injury. He, he tweaked his knee in like week 11. And then kind of tried to play through it, and he was basically just a uh, decoy. I understand that he is a roller coaster type player. Um, so I guess the, the the question I'll ask you guys is, <clears throat> and uh, and the the thing that you need to decide when you're taking Tyler Lockett is, can you weather those games where he's like eight points, you know, eight nine, well, whatever, for the ones with he get where he gets like 30, 40, 50 points in PPR. I mean, you know what I mean? Like this is where this is like the question you have to ask yourself. I think that's why he's falling is because of that in inconsistency. Yeah, that's my question for you. Clearly, I have to be the devil's advocate here since you're a Seahawks fan who's advocated for Tyler Lockett for three years in a row and, and Craig's now throwing out Travis Waldron, you know, or sorry, Shane Waldron, Shane Sean McVay yeah. coaching tree. I clearly have to be the devil's advocate here. Tyler Lockett got hurt mid-season and was a decoy two years in a row. Is that is that correct? I mean, I can't even remember. Because like, that happened in 2019, I can't, too. I can't like, remember far enough, yeah. But he oh, has had... 2019, that, he had two that really, years in a row. 2019, he had that really nasty, like, potentially, like, terrible compartment injury, right? syndrome. Compartment syndrome. And yeah. he came back and was, like, a decoy. And, like, you know, that's a lot less... It's a, a lot harder to just, like, wave, hand wave that away when it's two years in a row. Like, the reality is, like, Tyler Lockett is not exactly A.J. Brown, who's getting told he's, like, out for the season and he puts up 1,100 yards and plays 14 games anyway. Like, I, I think there is something to be said for, like, it, it, it's hard because consistency is probably a little overrated. But it also, if you had Tyler Lockett on your bench for that 52-point game, he really was, like, not that valuable for you last season. And that sucks because I love Tyler Lockett. But I'm just trying to cool the temperature here for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, 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 I get that. It's crazy to say that. I mean, you literally just said he probably wasn't that valuable for you, and it's... If he was on true. your bench for it's that kind of true, but he was the wide receiver seven, I think, in half PPR. Like, yeah, he had a hundred catches for it's like ten, insane uh, eleven hundred yards about. and ten touchdowns. But the problem is that so two of those touchdowns were in week seventeen, right? So that ninety yeah. yards, two, his third best game of the season was two touchdowns week yeah. seventeen. So that doesn't count. So you're talking about week three, he had like three touchdowns and hundred yards. So that crushed you. But if you benched him for the other two 
the other game where he had like 50 points. He didn't crack 70 the rest of the season and had yeah. one touchdown the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. I get that. So, but by you're way, right. If you, like, if the you listen matters. to our podcast, if you listen to our podcast, you played Lockett for that game, by the way. Do you remember that? That I is think a fact. I, he, you he was it. one of my like big play. I don't even know what the, <laughs> it was like bold call or something like that week, like to get him in your lineups. Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one because I think that, you know, there's enough reasons to, you know, pump the brakes on him. I, I do think though, like a realistic finish for him is like a mid-range wide mid-range wide receiver two. And he's going as like the wide receiver 24, 25 right now. So yeah. okay. there's some there's some value there. I don't I'm not saying he's gonna be like the superstar guy like that we saw the first half of last year where he was literally in PPR, I think he was the wide receiver one. In half PPR, he was wide receiver four in the first half. Obviously buoyed by like that 50 point game. But okay. I don't know, man. I just think he's still a good value. He's tethered to an elite quarterback. He's in an offense that I think is going to be good. It's not maybe going to be what we saw at the beginning of last year, but it's still going to be good and efficient and explosive. So I don't know. I guess I'm I'm not like planting my flag with Lockett, but he just looks like a good value to me. Okay. All right, Craig, you got another top target? Yeah, I mean, Lockett certainly has like weekly upside, which is what you want. You know, some people overrate that what they finish at the end of the year. You want guys who can have big spike weeks. Yeah, my next guy he's is kind of like Mike Allen. Evans. He's a he's yeah. the Mike Evans West. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike Evans West. I think the it's the only time Lockett and Evans have ever been compared. <laughs> That's funny. Mike Evans like eight feet tall. I'm going. Uh, I'm going with Keenan Allen on the Chargers uh, Ooh, this year. Like as it. a guy, uh, Keenan had some pretty rare success with Herbert last season. Um, and I think he's yet to get underrated. West Coast bias, West Coast receivers. Because you're the third string quarterback for the Chargers? <laughs> I just love any team that plays in SoFi Stadium. I'm just all in. Is McVay <laughs> technically tampering if you're the third string quarterback for the Chargers? Oh, that's interesting. He doesn't know I'm the third string, though. He's not really tapped into yeah, He's not aware. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. been informed. But uh, West Coast bias, Keenan, yet again. So, listen, last season, <laughs> yeah, Keenan was was only the fifth wide receiver one on, like, his team in points per game attached to a rookie quarterback since 2001. So, essentially, it's really Sorry, freaking— say that again? Uh, he was just the fifth wide receiver one in points per game attached to a rookie quarterback making eight or more starts in the last 20 years. Essentially just saying, oh, wow. usually the wide receiver one on a rookie's team is not that good. And Keenan was great. Uh, and right, he's saying, basically what, what you're saying is, am I hearing it correctly when you say that typically wide receiver ones in fantasy, so the top 12 receivers, yeah, are not attached to rookies, like rookie Correct. quarterbacks don't produce wide receiver ones typically. He's, Keenan, he's Keenan the fifth Allen, guy, yeah, yeah, okay, he's the fifth guy to do it in the last 20 years. He was the wide receiver seven in points per game, only five other guys have been in the top 12 in the Damn. last 20 years. So let's toss, let, let's get rid of Anthony Lynn. We got a new coach. We got Staley in. We got Joe Lombardi's the offensive coordinator coming in from the Saints. This could be a massive upgrade. Totally. I mean, he, this reporter, Daniel Popper, who reports on the Chargers from the Athletics, said that the the Chargers passing offense, they want it to look a lot like the Saints and their rushing offense to look a lot like the Niners. I mean, that sounds freaking great. Ooh, if that ooh. could happen, that would be amazing. <laughs> so I think my question, I know this is a little bit too like cute, but like, could Keenan Allen be this year's Michael Thomas? I mean, mm. could he be a sneaky bet to lead the league in in catches? Fantasy Pros has him currently ranked as the wide receiver 13, which is a ranking he's only finished below once in the last four years. He's been 11th, 12th, 15th, and 4th. And they lost Hunter Henry. They really didn't add a ton of wide receiver depth. Yeah. Um, and Herbert's going on a full year, no COVID. You know, obviously he's going to get better. It's like, why, why? Give me the argument why Keenan shouldn't be higher. 
I don't. The only the only argument is (laughs) the only argument I think is the uncertainty of the situation. New offensive coordinator, all that. But I I love this. I think this is great. I love Keenan Allen. He's like probably the best route runner in the NFL, or at least top three. Um, Michael Thomas is a good comp for him. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities uh, similarities to that. I think. Um, Keenan plays in the slot a lot too, which is also, you know, conducive to getting peppered with targets. Um, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. The, I guess the only thing that would be holding him back is just, there's a lot of really elite receivers right now. Um, maybe people yeah. are just, people are just like, oh, I like the young, exciting, like sexier receivers. And you got Keenan Allen who's getting older. He's like, people still kind of fault him for running like four, six or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. And he's not sexy. I think he he's just on the chargers and has bad PR. Right. Like that's it. West Coast bias, yeah. West Coast bias. <laughs> he doesn't make top 10, SC top 10 ever. Like, he's just a guy who just racks it. He's Tim Duncan. I want that. <laughs> he is Tim Duncan. Right, Holy slow shit. Slow the roll, but I know what you're saying. All right, wow, okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. He's like, almost. He's like the poor man <laughs> Tim Duncan. All right, that's incredible. Can we have the Kyle Pitts conversation? Yes. Oh, you want to do it now? We, is it we time? have to. I, we joked that, like, you know, before the Julio trade happened, like, back after the draft, we joked that everyone was going to take him super high and that we weren't buying it because rookie tight ends are never good. But things have changed. Julio Jones is on the Titans now. And, uh, you know, they have and Calvin Ridley's Ridley. out with foot surgery. Oh, my God. What if Ridley goes down? Holy shit. Yo, did you see the quote from Arthur? So the prologue here, obviously, Kyle Pitts is the best tight end prospect in reasonably in, in modern NFL history. Did you see the quote Arthur Smith, the head coach for the Falcons, said? Or no, not what he said, but what the beat writer said about it. What? Jeff Schultz at The Athletic, I believe, said that it looked like Arthur Smith had a new sports car that he wanted to take for a test drive. <laughs> but they threw so many footballs at Kyle Pitts in this They're force-feeding him, right? Yes. Force-feeding oh him was the term, too, that was yes. used. Yeah, oh I mean, gosh. Arthur Smith is on... People are listening now. It's Thursday. Yesterday, the latest episode of Flying Coach featured Arthur Smith. So I encourage you to check it out. But one part that actually got cut from the episode, not because it wasn't supposed to be said, but just for like audio timing reasons, uh, McVay joked, he was like, Kyle Pitts, it's going to be like, where's Waldo? Trying to find him in the formation. (laughs) Like all the things that Arthur Smith is going to do with him. Um, He'll just be everywhere. Oh my God. Uh, So it's like... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, shit. If, if somebody, it's like what we said at the top about what's a gut feeling or not. Like, once you hear the term, the show my face, like, yeah, that'll be where it's Walter. You're like, I'm in on Kyle Pitts this year. I don't care what I got to pay. I know. It's like, so my, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do TJ Hawkinson with Jared Goff over Matt Ryan in the greatest tight end prospect of all time. Like, I think mean, <laughs> I'm already flipping and he, I'm like, yeah, he's my fourth tight end. Yeah. That's I think people I are, people are basically like, I don't want to get, it's like the fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me thing where it's like we got super excited about OJ Howard everybody got super excited about Dave Njoku before that probably it was like Ebron there's like been highly highly Yo, drafted but they were never pits just, though that's exactly what I was gonna say is like, like none of these guys were pits like pits is the unicorn it, people call him the unicorn for a reason like he is an outlier he is a rare prospect he's Calvin Johnson at tight end essentially like as a prospect the real best comp to Kyle Pitts is actually Quentin Nelson. As in every <laughs> yeah. draft analyst all were like, yeah, I think this guy might be the best I've ever seen at the position, which is different than great Crazy. for like all the adjectives they have to you. It wasn't adjectives. It was like, yeah, he's the best. And it's like Mel Kuyper, who's been doing this since like, like you know, the freaking 70s. was like, yeah, he's the best tight end I've ever scouted. And everyone said that about it, together. That's you see that very rarely at any position. 
Also, like usually really good players come to shitty teams and it's like like David and Joku. That too. Who was the quarterback and the coach of David and Joku? Like Ebron. Like <laughs> I mean, he's the coming Lions, in with Matt yeah. Ryan and and maybe the best offensive mind in football, Arthur Smith. I mean Yeah, the guy who made Ryan Tannehill into a top two quarterback by efficiency. Like <laughs> Derrick Henry yeah. ran for thirty five hundred yards in two years. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm sure the hype is going to be out of control with him, but I might be in on it. Okay, I like that. <laughs> okay, so those are our top targets. I'm just going to read the names again, just for posterity. Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Elijah Moore, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Kyle Pitts. That's the guys that we really it's love all, so far in June. All pass catchers. All pass catchers. We need to do a running backs and quarterbacks episode probably too, right? We Clearly, I think that is clearly okay. the takeaway here. Well, because we so, had so many running backs in that top ten episode yeah. on Monday. Let it's it like, let it breathe. I don't want to say Najee yeah, Harris yeah. again. We'll do running backs. <laughs> we'll do the lower tiers running backs again. So we're going to two things right now. First up, we mentioned at the top that these guys are basically all early bands that we're in on, and that we'll see. We have to check back in in like July and <laughs> August and see who's too mainstream. What's an actual band or just a thing that you were in on before everybody else that you're like proud of? Uh, I have a friend named Jared who is so tapped into the music scene. So I can't ever claim that it's me, but Jared has gotten me in on everybody before. Like he got me in on Casey Musgraves like five years ago. He told me about Maggie Rogers <laughs> like four years ago. Do you guys know this band? I think DK and I have talked about it. I still don't know how to pronounce them. Krungbin? This Krangbin? is this is exactly oh, what I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah, Craig. Yeah. Craig, I was going to say this band, Krangbin. I don't know how to say it, but it's spelled... It's sp it's spelled C H R U A N G B I N. My, Jared, my buddy Jared had me on them three years ago, and I oh, just really? wow. yeah, he's insane. But th yeah, I would say that band is the one that's like now they're like kind of like a festival band going around doing stuff. They're great. It's so it's so weird, Craig. It, this is the exact same band I was going to use. It's so weird when you've been listening to them for a few years, and I, I think I've been shouting them out for like a couple years as like really good writing music. Like pop it on in the background while you're working, and it's cooking like music too. Yeah, yeah. And then you start hearing them in like movies and in like TV shows and commercials. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, this is crazy. They like blew mm -hmm. up. So yes, I think that I'm going with that one too. Cause that was like mine. So my thing, it's not a band. The thing that I was in on before everyone was Siri. Like, about like the before, phone thing? The, what the iPhone Siri, <laughs> like the, okay. the, the function that was an app on the app store before it was on the iPhone <laughs> and my brother's then high, like high school girlfriend's dad was like a huge Apple guy, like just a fan of the, like the people who, who like wait in line for the Apple stuff. And he was telling us that there is this app that should is free on the Apple store and it should cost $25. It is the future of everything that you'll ever do with your phone. And we were like, all right, yeah, whatever, dude. But like he made us download it. And it was incredible. It, at the time, it's like twenty. It's like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and you can ask this phone stuff, and it can do it for you. And you're like, this is nuts. And then it just went offline one day, and it just died. And I'm like, oh no. And then a year later, it just comes back, and it's like on every uh, iPhone in the world. Do you guys use Siri? I like never use Siri for anything, or like Alexa. I used to use it more or, than I do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a luddite. I think dads, like older dads, like Siri. Like my dad always yeah. uses Siri. Like they're learning. Can't to talk see to. the numbers on my phone. Yeah. The, so, Hyphen, so what you're saying is you're essentially like the Ashton Kutcher of, of like 
the Siri thing. He, like he's always like investing in these companies. Like he's ahead of everything. He's like a he. I think Kusher makes more money from like his investments than his movies at this point. Easily. Do you think Kusher's Satoshi? Did he invent Bitcoin? Maybe. Possibly. You guys should um if, if you if you have if you're bored for ten minutes go look up Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis's new house in Beverly Hills that they just built. <laughs> you want to put that okay. in the episode description? It's the, uh, <laughs> the article. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right Wait, I'm googling it. I'm the. By the way, since we're talking about this and bullshitting a little bit put about this in this, the episode description, I'm I'm the anti Ashton Kutcher. I'm like, oh my god, this house is incredible. I'm the last person to adopt any like huge craze. I think for whatever reason, like I remember in. I don't even know what it was, like the mid-2000s, early 2000s. I went to Europe, and everybody was texting in Europe. Like, no one called each other. And it was like, yeah, we just text. Like, it's so much cheaper. Like, the the minutes or whatever when you're calling on a cell phone are absurdly expensive in Europe, blah, blah. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, that's so stupid. I hate texting. I would never want to do that. <laughs> and oh like, God. so I'm like anti-Ashton Kutcher. I was like, this is the dumbest idea. And now... Literally, if you call me, I will not answer. Like, don't fucking call me. Just tell oh, me what you opposite. want in I, text form. <laughs> I, I make every meeting we have here a call because I hate, I hate oh texting. Okay, this Kutcher house is incredible. I kind of want to put it in the episode notes. Unbelievable. <laughs> It's amazing. This is what this is. I we might we might have to do a whole emergency pod on this at one point. <laughs> All right, last thing here. Did you guys see that they released the potential name list to the Washington football team? Yeah, this list is atrocious. They, all right, so we have the list here. They set this out. I think they sent it out to season ticket holders as like, here's our list. Let us know what you think. Let's. We, we're just gonna go through this list. This is insane. <laughs> We've got the Aces. Are you gonna say Washington for each one? The Washington. No, aces. no, no, no. <laughs> the Aces. <laughs> the Ambassadors. Come on. The Anchors. <laughs> the Anchor. What the? F Why is the Anchors on this list? Not like a bad, like your anchor. You like the, you're an anchor that's dragging the city down. Yeah. <laughs> like an anchor is a very negative term, yeah. <laughs> right? You're fucking Anchor's dragging not. our vibe down. Yeah. The archers, which wasn't didn't America get founded after archers were really a thing? <laughs> like, was it uh, Armada? Spanish Armada. aviators. Okay. I mean, the that's fine. Beacons? No. No. The Belters? Is that a reference to the Beltway? Yeah. I am in it Washington, D.C. Couldn't tell you. So The Brigade? No. The Commanders? No. The Defenders? Yes. No. The Demon Cats? Demon Cats? This one has some potential here. Where Demon the fuck did cats. that come from? <laughs> oh, you know why? Because then it would be Washington, D.C., oh. which is actually kind of sick. And is Demon Cats the only way you could get D.C. in there? Feel like uh, well, actually, if you have a better acronym for DNC, send it to ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. <laughs> if you have a better way to get them to WDC, and we will that's send smart. it to the to the Washington football team. The best idea I've heard for what they should have done is they should have rebranded the name and then the colors to do red, white, and blue. And then you have all of the DC teams, the Nationals, the Caps, um, and the Wizards again trained. So you could be like Pittsburgh, where every team's black and yellow. Every DC no, team could be no, red, no, white, no, and blue. No. Can't do that. Why? Well, Dan Snyder will never do it because he Washington's likes the Washington's colors and are iconic. I mean, they, I understand they, they absolutely needed to change the name, but the colors are sort of iconic for them. I don't think they should change the colors. I am all for, for city sport synergy with colors. Yes. That's maybe, worth... You know why, you know why I'm against it. this? You know why I'm against this? Because the Seattle colors have somehow become like 
neon green. <laughs> well, like, that means Seattle, like the the Mariners and the Seahawks are kind of similar. The Nike like experimentation just bled into Seattle. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the Seahawks, the Sounders, um, Mariners, like a couple other, a uh, couple other teams. The Mariners are different colors, like, but they're in the like the blue teal range. Like, well, I just speaking think, of West Coast bias, didn't all the East Coast teams take the good colors? And by the time you got to the West, it was like, oh shit, Pacific Northwest. Like, I think we're out of colors. Let's just go. With we have to. Green. We literally yeah. have to go with gray. Like, Our I color just, is like, gray. <laughs> <laughs> Camouflage with all the clouds. Like LA is at least LA is kind of just blue and yellow. I know the Lakers are like purple and yellow, but the Rams and the Chargers are kind of blue and yellow. The Dodgers are blue. Like mm. I like it when a city it's kind great. of just has an identity. Yeah, the Dodgers colors are unreal, but the Lakers are yellow and purple though. Like that's the it's not synergy because the Lakers and the Dodgers are the two biggest teams in LA and there's no synergy. Yeah, that's why Pittsburgh did it right. They really did. So anyway, I do so let's keep going down this list. But if you have a better idea for WDC, get email ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All right. First city football club. FCFC. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> it's bad. It's not the first city. I can it's guarantee not. that. Uh okay. <laughs> it's the first team. city ever. Yeah. Okay. I would bet a lot of <laughs> No, money. it's I think it's like a it's like a play on like first lady. First we have man. to find a way to bet oh. that it'll just end up as football team. Oh, wait, first lady? He's saying like it's like first city like 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 first lady like in the White House. Oh, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, I don't know if that's where it's coming from. Who is making this? Like, who gets to contribute to this? Did they focus group this? Is there a Bodie McBoderson on this list? Because it's like it voted on by people Bodie in the Mc internet. Boatface, Washington <laughs> Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I'm picturing Frank Luntz focus grouping Bodie McBoatface. Football team okay. McFootball face. Yeah, I don't know. Football. Okay, the Griffins? Wait, is that like the half owl? Half yeah. Half owl. The, Isn't it is lion? This? It's like How a lion. How they release this? Do you think they release these dumb names to the public on purpose so everyone would start talking about it? Maybe. How is Harambe not on this list? I mean, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All okay. right. Um, the Washington Guardians, the Washington Icons. No. That's, okay. The Washington Majors? No. Okay. The Washington Monarchs? That seems the so Washington counterintuitive Majors is to like a, a mid-level like officer like level. What? But Monarchs <laughs> is worse because Washington DC is if nothing else supposed to be the bastion of global democracy. So calling it the Monarchs the is monarchs. Maybe the dumbest idea on the entire list. <laughs> the single dumbest one here. The Washington the Washington uh, communisms. I don't know. What is it? The, the commies. The Washington commies. The Washington Red Scare. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, funny. we got the Washington Pilots. Pilots is just a job. Like, that's weird. That's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> call them the aces. I don't, the Washington Presidents, which is a little too on the better nose. than monarchs. <laughs> Half the country hates them no matter what they do. Um, the Razorbacks? That's like the Arkansas? Hogs thing. Like it's the Hogs. They're like the Hogs. Oh, ho you know? oh okay. The Washington Red Tails, that's the one that got popular last year. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, keeping red in there, maybe people will like because it rolls off the tongue. Red Wolves. I think that was the, the idea. One. Red Hogs. I think Red Wolves is kind of cool, I guess. Red Wolves is, is cool. Is, maybe I'll expose myself. Is a Red Wolf a real animal? I looked it up. I believe so. Seahawks are. There are Red Wolves. Animal. I was unaware. Seahawks aren't real. I thought Seahawks was like a colloquial term for something. There's The real word is like osprey. I don't know. <laughs> the Seattle Ospreys isn't that good. It's not as good. It doesn't roll so off. So the Red Wolf is a canine native to the southeastern United States. So that's, that's not fine. Good. All right. The Red Hogs. 
which all right i think eh. that what that is is a comment it's a it's a trying to keep the word red in it while hogs is like the 80s te- washington teams that like won all the super bowls it was like they called their offensive linemen the hogs so they're trying to just appease the fans who are old and mad that they're changing the name washington renegades no that's again fine. dc like the whole like you know in you know I would stay away from anything that invokes insurrections generally in this city. Just, just stay <laughs> away from it. I don't know. Yeah, read, uh, read the room. Read the room, Dan Read Snyder. the room. Read I the city. Reading, let me tell you something. Reading the room has never been this organization's strong suit over at the Washington. Very, Football very League, okay? fair. Very fair assessment. The, the yeah. riders? Uh, okay. What are they riding? It's like okay. freedom. I don't know. <laughs> the wave of freedom. Wa- uh, the Washington Rising. Sounds like a WNBA Again, insurrection. No. Yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah. The Washington <laughs> Royals, which again, li- Come on, along with Monarchs, the doing? single worst suggestion on this list. I don't get it. I actually don't think there's a dumber idea for a Washington, D.C. football team or any name than Royal or Royalty. That's it, insane. What the fuck is I this? What was this meeting that they allowed that on the list? George Washington is spinning in his grave. Washington rubies. Yeah, Washington did not give up to, after his second term to let They should be, be the Washington the George <laughs> yeah, Washington. Right? He didn't give up after his second term so they could be the Royals or the Monarchs. Come on. Hey, what about this? The Washington Washingtons, and you have George's face up there on the helmet. Washington, like a dollar bill. Him throwing right, a football? The Washington, the Washington rubies, which I, I, I don't even know what that's trying to reference. What if they're the George Washingtons? That's what I said. The Washington George, George Washington. Stop that. The Swifts? <laughs> no. What, like DeAndre? It's like, the, it's like the Buffalo Bills, but different. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, the Washington Warriors. <sighs> which you uh, can't. Does, is, that's like an is NBA feels, team. What the hell? Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. An NBA team? What do you mean? The Warriors. You can't, t- you can't take another oh, right. major team's name. Yeah, but also like. I mean, there's probably. the Cardinals. There's the Cardinals. Whatever. But it's also a half measure on like the problematic nature of like why they're changing the name. It's kind of like a half. half why aren't they just the Capitals? True. They should just True. be the Capitals. Everybody in Washington, every team in Washington should just be the Capitals. Thoughts? No, that's a trademark <laughs> thing. That's, there's a reason that ended like 80 years ago. Um, did you see the Washington D.C. Yeah. Football Club. What's with yeah. the football club thing? Are they trying to be like soccer? Yeah, I think it just kind of sounds sophisticated and like hipster to say football. Adding club to anything club. is cool. I so I actually think. Well, let's keep finishing here. Washington Capital City Football Club. Too much. Too long. That's just no. insane. The Wayfarers. I mean, they're cool sunglasses. How much would the stock of Wayfair go up if they call oh themselves God. the Wayfarers? And yeah. then the wild. The wild Fuck yeah, dogs. dude! The wild hogs down. I'm T- down. Tim for Allen that. movie isn't Tim isn't Allen. That like a Tim Allen. <laughs> That's the terrible. It's like idea. the ringer. They were like, nobody will remember the Johnny Knoxville movie. Oh, it's yeah, Tim sure. Allen. It's like Bill Macy. <laughs> is Travolta in it? I think oh Travolta is in yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it all. Yeah. And then 32 FC. This is the worst w- one. 32, this is the worst one. Fault. After the Monarchs and the Royals, this is the worst one. Well, when I see 32 FC, I think of like a temperature. No, I think of WD 40. <laughs> it's like the sequel to WD 40 when you need a little less than it. What's um what's Elon Musk's kid name? This this reminds me of like if Elon Musk named Washington football. It's not team. like an English letter, right? It's like the it looks like the A and E logo to it's me. It's like Archangel oh, Archangel right, yeah. Eleven or something. It's like Prince's <laughs> letters in the word. I don't know. Anyway. So what's what's your guys' pick here? Yeah, we gotta pick one. If they win the NFC East this year as the Washington football team, they're not going to change the name. I okay, but if it's if it j- be more f- like creative and fun, which one do you like the most after football team? 
Washington Warriors as like a shout out to the military, I can see as like them actually picking, right. um, which is at least partially pandering. But if I actually like it was just up to me, dude, I, I would I really like the idea of the Washington Demon Cats, but getting a better DC and just being DC. I do like the DC acronym. That is kind of nice. WDC is like that would be the thing for every game. Like that's a cool brand for a city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the Wizards already have this jerseys that say DC on them. It would be kind of cool. Demon Cats, you know, I don't know. Demon Cats is a bad name, but I want to find something that's WDC. I like Wild Hogs. <laughs> wild Hogs. Just, that's so fucking Just funny. over the, the hill, wild hogs. over the hill, dude, like <laughs> midlife crisis men going on motorcycle rides. Uh, I can't believe this Renegade's on here. I think Demon Cats is probably my favorite. I would say that Red Wolves is okay also. I literally can't believe Monarchs and Royals are in here. Like, Royals? What the, the fuck are you doing? It's unbelievable. The Washington Monarchy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just be the cop. Maybe they're trying to say like... <laughs> maybe they're trying to say Democracy was like the cool indie band, but now it's too mainstream. I mean, the, the, there's already, the WNBA, the Sacramento Monarchs are a thing. Yeah, but the Sacramento isn't the know, seat of democracy. And the Kansas country. City Royals are a thing. So that we yeah. can't steal that either. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Okay. All right. I think that's all we got. Thank you to everyone <laughs> for listening. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Um, yeah. That, thank you to Washington for sending this list of names out. That's unbelievable. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lord. Speaking of Royals. Lord. Yes. Also, oh, wow. speaking of Lord, good. she had a new single come out called... Uh, Is it good? It actually is pretty good. She has a new album coming. There's con not controversial, but uh, the cover art made the rounds. The cover art is um, it's provocative. It gets the people going. It does get the people going. <laughs> the people are the people are going. Lord is back. That's all we can say. Lord is back. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you guys next week.